What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to What's the Word Podcast. I am your host, Just Jazz, and I have three main goals. To encourage you to grow godly character, to equip you to live effectively in today's society, and to open you to salvation through Jesus Christ. So ditch what you heard, and let's discover what's the word. Welcome back, scholars. Today's episode is titled, I Am Fighting Temptations, because we're real. And we have a grip of reality that reminds us that God's delay is for our protection. Temptation is defined as a desire to engage in short-term urges for enjoyment that threatens long-term goals. Psalms 37 and 4 tells us, in reality, God wants to give us everything we desire. But there's a caveat, that everything your heart desires is rooted in Him. And before you even think it isn't yes it is very much so possible for you to do this some wins for the week is that i am back to work Yay! that means back to consistency with my schedule and back to stretching myself to my maximum capacity but in all of this all i can do is say thank you god for the endless opportunities for growth as you know we're studying the book of matthew if you haven't listened to the previous episodes i strongly suggest you do so so that you can have a better understanding of where we are we find ourselves today in chapter 4 matthew chapter 4 that is satan tempts jesus in the desert i will be reading from the niv version of the bible my bible reads then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry the tempter came to him and said if you are the son of god Tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 5 says, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Verse 7 says, Jesus answered to him, It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. This is what I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. Today, I want to remind you that your convictions are only strong if they hold up under pressure. And so if you're like me and I pray you are, you probably struggle with the differences between conviction and condemnation. So I want to clearly define that before we hop in. The difference between conviction and condemnation is that conviction is from God. We have to accept it. Condemnation is from Satan. We have to reject it. Conviction leads you to repentance and condemnation leads you to despair. Conviction inspires you to keep striving. Condemnation tells you to quit. Conviction says God will help you. Condemnation says there's no hope for you. Conviction shows you the answer. Condemnation shows you the problem. Conviction helps you change. Condemnation says you'll never change. Condemnation screams you're nothing but a hypocrite. You failed too many times. God will never forgive you. Conviction says, yes, you fail, but repent and keep striving to please God. You can be forgiven, renewed, and restored. Knowing and obeying God's word is an effective weapon against temptation. It is the only offensive weapon in the Christian's armor of God. Obeying the scriptures is more important than simply having a verse to quote. So read them daily and apply them to your life so that your sword can be sharp. That is how you fight temptations. As believers, we often believe that God has always led us beside still waters, but sometimes it's troubled waters. Sometimes there's no water, a drought, 
the desert, alone and isolated. When facing problems, it's important for us to analyze if our constant unwise choices have landed us there. I want to remind you that temptation often comes after a high point in our spiritual lives or ministry. Jesus wanted to be able to fully identify with us. He was tempted for 40 days and nights. And then I'm reminded that a person has not shown true obedience if he or she has never had an opportunity to disobey. I talked about the same topic in one of my Bible studies recently, and I felt like it was such a good word that it needed to be brought back because I feel like there are so many more people that needed to hear this. After preparing for this message, I decided to go and see a friend. And I also felt like I had did so much good work that I needed to um, relax a little bit. I needed to enjoy myself. I wanted to get a drink and then I was convicted and I was reminded that I'm always on assignment and that the person that I was about to go see may have needed to hear a word from me. And if I was under the influence, then they wouldn't take that word seriously. I believe that a lot of people fall victim to their temptations because they downplay Satan's reach. Understand that he is not more powerful than God, but he is for sure real and he has real strategies and they can cause real damage. The world was a mess. Jesus could have stepped in and put a stop to it, but then there will be no cross. When temptations seem really, really strong, consider whether Satan may be trying to block God's purposes for your life or for someone else's life. Jesus was hungry and weak after fasting for 40 days, but he chose not to use his divine power to satisfy his natural desire for food. Which reminds me that many of our desires are normal. They're just not aligned with God's timing. Sex before marriage, food without money, drinking while on assignment. God wants to satisfy our desires, but in the right way at the right time. Because again, it's not only about us. Many people stand by attempting to fulfill legitimate desires outside of the will of God or ahead of his timing. Always ask yourself, is this the Holy Spirit leading me to do this or is this Satan trying to get me off track? I know that was a lot, but I want to leave you with three ways we can fight temptations. The first way we can fight our temptations is to focus on God and who he is as a person. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13 reminds us that God is greater than anything we can ever experience or go through. But sometimes our need for power, significance, and achievements make us worship Satan. Yeah, I know you're probably like, what? We don't worship Satan. We don't say it, but we do things and say things like, I'm on demon time because this relationship has to work, so I'll do whatever. Or I got to secure the bag so that I can be my own boss and make sure that my family is straight or I'm self-made I don't need anyone see when we adopt these kinds of attitudes we are putting more focus on us and not enough on God the ops who is the enemy is always trying to play on our weaknesses and our desire for quick power easy solutions and our God complex God's word reminds us that we should never compromise with evil fear and serve the Lord only the second way we can fight temptation is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 16 and that's by focusing on God's plan. More than a pop and Drake song, God's plan should be hashtag goals for our life. Recently I read in a devotional about Deo Valenti which means God willing. This guy had really big plans for his life and I was able to identify with him when making plans or wanting to make plans. Wanting a vacation, wanting to be the best wife and mother I can be, wanting to travel the world with my family, having vacation homes, multiple passports, helping people change lives and becoming the change I want to see. But more important than any of that, I want for my ways to be aligned with God, to be on one accord with him because I know the damage that can come when I am not aligned. The enemy thinks that we can't fight, okay? Maybe it's just me. Maybe he just think, you know, I ain't seen her out there. So let me test her hand. He wants to use our pride and insecurities to stifle us. 
to get us to put God to the test. Lord, if you love me, please send me a sign that this marriage or this spouse is for me. Lord, if you love me, please help me pay this bill. Make it go away right now. No suffering instead of knowing and showing that without a shadow of doubt, God will protect you. Even when things aren't going your way, God's word reminds us that we should never, ever, 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 ever test God. And the third way that we can fight temptations is to focus on God's purpose. In Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three tells us that we do not have the same viewpoint as God. We cannot see how everything comes together. Sometimes we get hungry for a change and this causes us to become a little impatient with God. We want to make a way for ourselves by any means necessary. And again, I struggle with this because I know that faith without works is dead. So there has to be some action behind my faith. But by any means necessary implies to me that I'll do it whether right or wrong and that's not of God that does not give me heavy on the Holy Spirit led it's actually giving me Cassidy I'm a hustler type vibes and I don't like that we have to make sure that we solidify our dependence on God my Bible tells me that many people think that life is based on solely satisfying their appetites if they can earn enough money to afford a high-class lifestyle then they think that they are living a good life but these things don't really satisfy us and we need to cut the cap Real life, according to Moses, comes from total commitment to God, the one who created life itself. It requires discipline, sacrifice, and hard work. And that's why many people never find it. One thing I really found interesting in today's text is that Jesus and the enemy were going scripture for scripture. And I used to be ignorant enough to think that the more scriptures you knew, the tighter your connection to God was. And that's so wrong. I remember when I first launched the podcast that first week, so many people said, you should have me on your show. I know the word, you know, let me help you out. And in the most humblest way ever, I wanted to tell them, show me, don't tell me, because guess what? A lot of people know the word and don't live by it. I'd rather have a person around me who lives like they know, honor, cherish, and obey the word and not know it than to be around a slew of people who pride themselves on knowing the word, but live blissfully. When you know better, you do better, period. <laughs> you gotta do the hand with it, period. I don't know who this word is for. It might be just for me, but I'm gonna share it. My Bible tells me that sometimes friends or associates will present attractive and convincing reasons why you should try something you know is wrong. They may even find Bible verses that seem to support their viewpoint. I'm encouraging you to do your own studying. It's not until you understand the entire context of the Bible that you'll be able to identify people using the Bible as a weapon and not as a tool to build others up. In closing, I want to ask you to consider making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. The choice is yours. Once again, I would like to thank you for tuning in to What's the Word podcast. If someone was on your mind while listening, please send them the link. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a review, y'all. Make sure you connect with us on social media, on Instagram at underscore underscore what's the word podcast and on Twitter at underscore underscore what's the word. If no one has told you today, I love you and I appreciate you. Now go be a blessing. Be sure to tune into next week's episode where we will talk about the key lessons from the Sermon on the Mount.